Craft Beer Radio, episode 294, on July 5th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where I guess we get around? That was what's implied? Okay, so... It's uh, the number one song in 1964. So Today, this week, 1964. So we figured... Let's get around. This is a different show because this is a show that has been picked out by a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> we we pulled the lever on the beer wheel of slot machine and um, had Allison come down and say, hey, pick six beers. And she had to pick seven or eight because she picked ones we had recently done on the show right. as well. But uh, yeah, so this is basically, uh, I don't know, fairly close to a random sampling. I mean, location in the fridge played a little role, but she was digging around, mm-hmm. trying to find new things. Greg shot a video. We might post that up on, on uh, I don't know where we'll put it. Where can we put a video like that? <laughs> on the gonna, tubes? I was going to say Vine, but you can't put it there, so it would have to be a YouTube or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's interesting for that long, so. No, it's probably not. But we saved it for posterity's sake. Yeah. Well, Jeff, your daughter picked the beers. Why don't you pick which one we're going to have in which order? Uh, let's try this Jamaica brand, Floor de Jamaica Ale. Okay, so this, is, this is an company. herb spice beer from Mad River. This is part of their Jamaica brand, Floor de Jamaica or Jamaica or what? I don't know how they want to call it. It's pronounced uh, Floor de Jamaica. Oh, it's, uh, it's pink. It is malted with two row malts, white wheat and carapils. Bittered with Columbus, the flavor hops are Cascade and Summit. The finishing hops are Cascade, Willamette, and Tetnanger. I said malted with. That's not correct. The malts that are used are. It is infused with dried hibiscus flowers. Interesting. Yeah, the beer pours crystal clear and ruby red. Maybe, uh, I don't know, what color would you call that? It's red. Yeah, it's red. A red beer, very clear. Pour with a slight head on it. it Doesn't def- it smell like rose, which is sort of the first thing that comes to mind when you look at it. I don't know why. I mean, well, there's roses on the, or it looks like roses, but they're not roses on the label. They're hibiscus flowers. Yeah, red hibiscus flowers. But yeah, so yeah, you take up. Uh, Sniff on this one. It is. It's a little lemony. Uh, I'm working in towards you know mm-hmm. the floral smell, but like some of the root components, the elemental component components, are it's a slightly little bit lemony. Um, I'll take another sniff here. The the floral isn't rosy or no. or really petally so much like you kind of think with some of these beers. It's a little more. Um, I don't know how I want to describe that. It's a little more twiggy, you know, like um, like twigs. Sure, or, or bark sure, or something I can like that. Let's see here if I'm pointing outside. The, the aroma is the aroma is a little a little hard to decipher. There, it's a little. Um, There's not adjectives we normally use, right? So yes, yeah. we're we're searching outside our comfort zone of our normal vocabulary. We're trying to equate new smells to it's yeah it's, it's different it's it's almost it almost smells a little um and not in a bad way but muddy in terms of it just like it's hard to pick out the different stuff that's coming there 
For a while, I thought I was smelling a little bit of hop aroma. I'm not able to get back to that point, though. I mean, where it's, where it's standing out all on its own, you know? I'm smi- I can kind of get a little bit of the malt coming through, but it's it's tough. There's just there's aromas here that I that I'm not used to smelling, and so it's it's messing up my way of. If if I trying was to trying it. to guess what malt aromas I was smelling, I would go towards a wheat beer. Right, it kind of smells something like a wheat beer, but it's crystal clear and. I don't recall exactly what you said the the grains were used. The grains that were used were two-row malt, white wheat, and carapils oh, for so head and body wheat. retention. Okay, so they must have filtered out all the uh, all the wheat protein, right? I mean, it's, it's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. So you normally don't see a wheat beer this clear. All right, I think it's time to go on to the flavor of this bright red beer. It's an interesting mix of, of of a kind of leafiness with a lemon. I mm-hmm. I don't want to go. It's not potpourri. It's not. It doesn't. It's not potpourri. It doesn't no, it, taste like rose. I like it because it's not too flowery. Yeah, not too perfumey. Right. Um, definitely has a bunch of wheat beer character to it. Lemony. Hmm. I'm just, I'm, as it's, but not straight lemon. There's kind of a there's a tang of yeah, lemon, yeah. But there's not really a lot of the flavor of lemon, or the, you know, there's certainly not a not right. a lot of lemon oil. There's a tang that you associate with right. lemon. Yeah. Let's take another sip here. It's, it's somewhat like the I forget what. Which one? What was the beer last week we had that was really hoppy? So hoppy that it, it almost tasted see. metallic. I'm going to say that evolving a little bit on that, on my consensus, what that flavor was, I think that that's less metallic and more straight up green, more of kind of fresh off the fresh off the vine, fresh off the plant type of flavor. And that's what I'm getting here. It tastes like these are really green flowers that are mashed up. And so they, they were just alive. And that bit of it is coming through. The corruption, I think, that it probably was. Mm. I think that was the hoppiest beer we had last week. We did the Sneedis Black IPA, but I don't think you were talking about that one. I don't think so either. But it's been a while! <laughs> So this is enjoyable. It, like I said, I really, I like how it's not too perfumey, mm-hmm. right? It, it's kind of a touch of, of the flowers. The flowers give an interesting complexity to this. Um, if anything, I'm reserved and hesitant in what I'm saying is because I'm trying to figure out what I'm saying. Yeah. But as I drink this, I'm enjoying what I'm drinking. And now I'm just going to try to get my head around it some more and uh, figure it out. I like that it's different. I like that it tries to go in an area that hasn't been totally explored. Uh, a flower that is not typically thought of as one that gives a lot of flavor. And uh, frankly, I don't think it does. There's some qualities to it. You know, that I like that they're exploring this and, and trying it, but I don't think this is an entirely successful experiment. 
And the reason why I say it is because I don't think it's it doesn't compel me to drink more of it so much. I mean, I, I'll find I'll be fine finishing this one, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like this is such a delicious combination of flavors that I can't wait to try another one. Yeah, I hear you. It, it it's not highly drinkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it's I'm not tasting any bad flavors. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's adequately drinkable. Yes. Right, where it's not really undrinkable or, you know, you don't have an urge to chug it down or, you know, drink it really quickly because you just want to taste it. And it's not difficult to drink or finish, right? At the same time, you're not really savoring the flavor so much. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah, savoring is probably not the right word. I am, it's a beer that, you know, beer geeks like us can really explore because it's a lot of new flavors, it's new combinations. And we're trying to see what it's doing, you know, and, and our tongue is still trying to figure out what we're tasting, put these flavors towards things like that. So it's a fascinating beer. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying where it's, you know, it's not going to be a beer we're going to remember in a couple of years saying, remember that hibis- hibiscus beer, yeah, you know? Yeah, not that. I mean, you know, I think about, think about it from, take beer out of the equation, think about it if you're at a restaurant and you order something new, some new mm-hmm. dish. Sometimes you'll get a dish that that would just be such an amazing coffee flavors you just you, you can't stop yourself mm-hmm. from eating it you just you're enjoying every bite sometimes you get that with beers this is not one of those yeah. beers this is just this is different it's a different take i bet you could use these flavors in a way to make something as i drink it the um that lemony part you know that, that it's actually gone over into a fairly sweet strawberry type flavor mm-hmm. now so i'm tasting more of a strawberry and it's getting a little more petally but it doesn't remind me i have Rose of Sharon outside, which is a form of hibiscus. Now, I don't know much about hibiscus and if those are same or different from other kinds that you put in food or not. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't... So I'm, I'm fairly familiar with what those flowers smell like, feel like, you know, things like that. You know, I'm familiar with them uh, other than putting them in my mouth. Um, but this reminds me more of... I just want the strawberries, but think of strawberry blossoms, too. I'm kind of feeling that, you know, as I'm tasting this now. Hmm. I can see it there, but it's it's a bit of a far off flavor. I think this is interesting. I think that there's ways you can use this flavor to accentuate some other flavors that would really be beautiful and make notice. Um, this is not a, a, a beer that I'm going to say is like, wow, you have to try this. This is just it's an interesting mm-hmm. experiment. I'm glad they did it. Yeah. If if you are interested in what kind of flavors can come out of hibiscus, and you want to see, you know, maybe if you're like if you're a brewer and you want to see, oh, how can I take this flavor and apply it? It's great if you just want to try an experimental beer, and it's really interesting. As a whole, the experience is not. We've had other hibiscus beers in the past, yeah. and I always remember them being a lot more petally, a lot more floral and sweet, and. Um, actually, oftentimes that seems to detract from the drinkability, mm-hmm. right? Where this one having a neutral drinkability. Right, it's kind of good for the the use of hibiscus, right? So, yeah. I, I, but part of you is like thinking, look at these other beers here, and yeah, and yeah. and that's likely going to happen anytime you 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 have the option of this beer and some other ones. You're not, you're mm-hmm. probably going to be like, oh, yeah. I have one of those, but but the other ones look more interesting to me. Yeah, in a vacuum, it's a fine beer. Mm-hmm. I have no complaints about it. Fascinating flavors. And let's move on. This is, by the way, provided provided by the brewer. Yeah, Mad River sent us this beer. Thank you very much. Um, let's not do the barley wine. Let's not do the imperial stout. Let's <laughs> well, not do the dry hop. Let's IPA, do the, so. This is a Rattler. 
So Sam Adams had an interesting beer last time. They have one this time. Let's see. It's called Porch Rocker. This is sent to us by the brewery. This is their version of a Rattler. It is hot with Hillertau Middlefro, and the malt varieties used are their two-row pale malt blend. They use a bottom-fermenting lager yeast. They have a special ingredients of lemon, 4.5% alcohol by volume, 8 IBUs. Now, do they say Rattler or Shandy? They or say neither? it's their twist on the Bavarian Rattler. Okay. For our take, we combine the crispness of Golden Hellas Lager with a blend of lemons to create a fresh squeezed tangy taste. As you heard, this is the canned version of said beer. Yeah, it smells like lemons. I had a um, shock top shandy yesterday. Uh huh. Like I said on Twitter a couple weeks ago, I do like me a shandy. I think shandies are. Are a great way to to you know, enjoy a beer that you may not necessarily enjoy otherwise. I, I mean, even these prepackaged ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Anheuser Busch is targeting yeah. Line and Kugels, sure, with the Shock Top Shandy mm-hmm. because Line and Kugels has done their Shandy, and like starting last year, it was the first time I've seen it. They had not just lemon Shandy, but orange Shandy, raspberry Shandy. So they had this variety pack of different flavored, fruit, you know, fruited beers. And uh, I'm sure that's what Shock Top's going after for the, you know, the mass, yeah. the huge market that is Shandy. Um, but, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. When I explain like, it to people, I explain that uh, a Rattler or a Shandy is essentially a beer cocktail. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that you can you can get by with less than great uh, spirits if you make it into a decent cocktail, you can get by with less than great beer if you make it into a decent Shandy. I wouldn't even you know, really go into the less than great. I mean, you can. Yes, it can hide it, right? But I mean, I wouldn't really even try to point that out. It's just, uh, there's part of me, like my natural inclination is beer purist, right? I want to taste the beer. You know, if someone brings me a whip beer with a lemon in it or an orange in it, you know, I throw it out, you know, that kind of thing. Um, That's uh, less and less as, I, as I've grown that do I find myself doing that. Well, as, as I'm saying is, so my natural inclination is, you're not going to like a shandy. That's a bastard beer, right? But, you know, just to to be honest to myself, mm-hmm. I do like a shandy. I do like a Rattler. So. Well, I can't imagine that there's a bourbon fan out there who doesn't think an old-fashioned is a delicious drink. I mean, <laughs> right. even though it's, you know, you're you're bastardizing the bourbon somehow by putting a simple syrup and a right. cherry in it, you're still making something that's pretty decent. Okay. So, yeah, the aroma on this one's Big Lemon. It actually has a little bit of a, a sweet... Like candied lemon peel type smell, or yes, almost yes, like um, those, you know, like a lemon hard candy or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Tastes a lot like a lemon hard candy. It's a it's a lighter in body than I would have expected. I was expecting a little more, little more body on it, right? Really, I, I'm I actually kind of impressed by the body that's on it. Okay, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I said I was surprised by the body, not disappointed by the mm. body, right? So I was just surprised that the it's a little thinner than I was anticipating. The, the hops come through at the end. That's something you normally don't get in a, in a Rattler or Shandy. Is a, I got a you know good little bit of continental hop at the end of the mm. taste.
Yeah, I can still taste it. I mean, this is probably the hoppiest uh, beer they, that I've had with lemons added to it. Let me switch around. I'm not tasting as much happiness. Let's Can't see. imagine this beer is too stratified. I think yours has more hops on it than mine does. I think you're right here. <laughs> All the hops are at the top of. I did mine first, right? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was reading. I was reading. There you go. Interesting. Another case of bottle or can mm-hmm. stratification. That's the perils of sharing a can. You might get the good can, you have to, you might get the bad half. Yeah, it's a now that we've mixed, there's definitely there's yeah, there's something coming mm-hmm. through that is a little resiny. Just just oh damn it, I made a big noise. Sorry everybody. <laughs> just well, it's spicy. It's kind of con- I mean for me it's more of a continental. It's a yeah, spicy. just resiny enough in that in that continental sense. So it's not a you know, big piney or anything like that. It just I don't know if this is a suggestion. You, I know you read the hops. I don't consciously remember what you said, but I would say Hollertau is kind of what I think I'm tasting. But right that, that could have been a subconscious suggestion. So. <laughs> The hops actually help against my one complaint, which is it was a little sweet. Okay. The hops help. Yeah, this one's really drinkable. Mm-hmm. It, like some of the other ones are a little sweeter. This is a pretty good Rattler. This is this is actually this is a Rattler that's more for beer fans though, because I think that somebody uh-huh. who is not into that little bit of hoppiness is not going to like it as much. Yeah, I mean, if you're c- comparing it against the the shock top that I right. had yesterday, or the Leiden Kugels, mm-hmm. or, you know, those kinds of things, sure. This is, this is a case where yeah, this is more of a of a beer of a beer knowledgeable person's. I have to try some of those shabby. curious traveler. You know, it's a it's a big beer, big label type. You know, they make uh, they do make shandies, right? Or they make no, they're not ciders. I'm pretty sure they're shandies, right? The curiously tra- curious travelers. I don't I know. I have not have not tried, nor heard of. Are we recording on that? Um. Well, we were. <laughs> I guess that battery's junk too. Always good to have our backup fail in the middle of a show. Right. It just means that the uh, primary needs to not fail. <laughs> My rechargeable batteries are dropping like flies. I've had a bunch of these Maha Power X's. I'm sure I've raved about how great they are on a pre-show or post-show somewhere. Um, they've been great, but these guys are at the ends of their charge lives. Um... Yeah, they're uh, they're not really lasting too. <laughs> that one didn't even last an hour and a half. Wow. So, okay, so that was the same out of Port Trucker. A pretty decent beer. Uh, really, really good Rattler. Decent beer. Mm-hmm. I guess how you that's been this way to put it. Yeah. Took a big sip there to finish it because Greg got ahead of me, and I didn't enjoy the the large, almost chug sip as much as I did the little sips. So take small sips of that one. All right. I think we we have to do this one next because they get crazy after that. Okay. So, do you know your Ophelia's? Uh, Probably not. Hamlet. Okay. This is Breckenridge's Brewery's Ophelia Hoppy Wheat. This one is from a work beer club. Not provided by the brewery. Excuse me. This is an American Pale Wheat Ale. It is hopped with mosaic and palisade hops. 
The malts that are used are Pale, Wheat, and Victory. 5% alcohol by volume, available from January through April. So, good luck until next year, because <laughs> it's July. Hopefully it still tastes nice and bright and fresh since it's been that long. Yeah, Curiously Travelers from Traveler Beer Company, and they do shandies. At least I didn't have to enter my date. I just had to say yes, I'm 21. <laughs> that always annoys me. You have to enter your date. Well, you just say yes or no, it's fine. All you're teaching kids is how to how to subtract. <laughs> <laughs> I have not tried any of these curious travelers, but since I like shandies, I probably should give them a try. However, they're one of those beer marketing companies that turns me off with the marketing. I saw them on Twitter where they did a local tasting and they had the the hot chicks in the little little clothes and they had little mustaches drawn on their fingers because their logo is like a mustache oh. so they're doing this whole mustache thing well you know I mean gotta sell beer don't hate the player yeah, hate the game right exactly 23 IBUs alright so completely different smell mm. now for something entirely different Okay, I needed to recalibrate myself after that basically lemonade and beer. Uh-huh. This was way different. Yeah, the aroma on this one, it, it's kind of a pungent or resiny aroma. Yes. So that part hasn't faded. Um, it's pretty dank. Yeah. So they call it Hoppy Weed Ale. I dare say, you know, it's probably a weeded IPA. If not, it's it's really close. See if I can pull anything else other than that Getting pungent aroma. Something this reminded me a bit of, weirdly enough, graham cracker on the aroma. I guess that could, could be some of the victory malt. I'm having a, I mean, I'm smelling a touch of strawberry again. It might be all the fruit and the hibiscus <laughs> and stuff that we've already consumed today, but behind, I'm trying to get behind that pungent hop aroma and see what else I can get. And what popped in was strawberry. Well, it's mosaic and palisade. We've had enough mosaic to get a kind of mm-hmm. idea of how that works. Palisade, we haven't had much of. Yeah. I mean, mosaic has that passion fruit type thing yeah. going on, right? And, yeah, I don't know too, I mean, I've had palisade, but not really a student of it. I yeah. really don't know its characteristics too well. It's not like Simcoe, which we can pick out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably one part per billion we can pick out Simcoe. This beer does really open up. We do the whole trick we've talked about a lot on the show. But I'm going to keep saying it because it's a trick everyone should do is take your snifter, tilt it so the, the beer is almost spilling out of the glass and just turn the glass so you coat almost all the inside of the glass with beer film and then take a smell and you'll get much more aroma than if it's just sitting all on the bottom. Yeah, they still get that sort of dram, like graham cracker, uh, a little bit of, weirdly enough, uh, almost me, a fudge-like uh, aroma coming from Let me smell yours because we might have another case of bottle stratification. Could be. Oh yeah, smell mine. Mine is much more pungent than yours. I think... Yours does smell more graham crackery, a little molassesy, something like that. Yeah. I, I think yours smells significantly different. I'm going to blend. All right. They smell kind of the same to me. Hmm. Jeff has blended the beers. 
Yeah, that's a little different. When you blend, a little more pungent now. Yeah. Also, we just poured them and worked out a whole bunch of, of volatiles, right? Right. Like, um, you remember Rick from Pacific Brunage, right? Sure. One of the things that uh, when I was out visiting him years ago, you know, what he would do is he would order an IPA and an empty pint glass. And the first thing you do is you would pour the right. beer, and then maybe, I, I can't remember if he poured it once or bat, twice. I don't think he poured it three times. But he would just to wake up the beer, and that's the way he would drink IPAs. He would take it, pour it, pour it, and then he would start drinking. You better drink your beer fast if you do that. Because you're, really, you're exercising all the volatiles. Yeah. And those are volatile. They'll go away pretty quickly. That's, you know... We've also talked about, you know, the good aspects of the IPA glass, right. how it has that little cliff where the mm-hmm. beer comes off of it and wakes it up. So, the, you know, refresh. I mean, their marketing says it refreshes the beer. And that's probably what I buy into it the most is how that yeah. cliff refreshes and the and beer. And I think that's true. But I think that as we've found in terms of analyzing mm-hmm. the beer, these these glasses, these Pilsner glasses are still better. They give right. us more. No, absolutely. They give us a much better way of, of capturing much, much of the aroma, which is a good percentage of the taste, and or mm-hmm. percentage of the flavor, I should say, and the uh, and the ability to to really yeah. nail in and do. No, I, I agree. They're a better microscope. You know, they're a better tool for our job mm-hmm. right now. Um, someone who's more casual, will, you know, I'm more open to the different options. We still got to use the stout glasses. We haven't done the stout glasses mm-hmm. yet. Uh, I, so I took a sip of this and I. I'm on a strawberry kick tonight. I tasted a bit of strawberry in there, almost a, a little bit of underripe strawberry. So the, there's a, there's a wide like spectrum of strawberry that you're tasting. I am, I am. It's not just the same one. I am on a strawberry kick, and I don't think it's palate drift. I'm not sure the last time I had strawberry. Yesterday for me. Um, there's. It's it's so different from the first three beers we had, first uh, four, three beers. I'm counting the pre-show right. that we did the trimmer pills again. So it's kind of like knocking my my taste buds around, like saying, you know, recalibrate, recalibrate, <laughs> and so I'm trying to go. Okay, this is this is really a, a pretty hoppy wheat beer, like you said, more almost a wheated IPA mm-hmm. in terms of the hop quality. Right. So. So we haven't talked about what the wheat's bringing to the table. That's where I want to go next, right? So, you know, by all means, jump has in. this this pungent hoppiness. Uh, I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm sticking with the strawberries for the kind of hop fruity flavors I'm getting out of it. And then, what does the wheat bring? The wheat brings, I would say, it's maybe a little more fullness of body. Maybe. I don't know, creamy's not really the right word. I don't want to use creamy, but there's something along those lines. I feel that the beer's a little bit fuller, a little bit smoother than, you know, if it was just straight up the barley version of the same beer. I'm not really getting any Mm -hmm. discernible amounts of lemony or Mm -hmm. grassy or lemongrass, you know, those kinds of things which you would typically get in a wheat beer. I mean, they might be blended in there, but I really don't get them standing out. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. Creamy is, is, is a... It's easy to go to because it's something that we recognize in our foods. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can recognize when you add cream to something, how it changes the texture. And that's sort of what wheat offers is it gives you a texture change, kind of similar to oatmeal, you know, where we say with oatmeal it gives you a little bit of a slimy. It's not really slimy. It's just a sort of a difference of texture. Mm-hmm. So the texture change, I, I guess wheat 
is smaller particles or something, so it feels like it's it's more uh, more complete, a little bit more viscous than it would otherwise be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's giving – this is definitely – this is not clear, right? Those wheat right. proteins aren't yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. There's no right. question about it. So it's it's filling up some of that space in, where, where the water is not completely saturated. Right. And that, I guess, gives it more of a creamy flavor. And I'm with you on that. But that that's how you, it comes about, I assume. We don't have a water pitcher today. No, we don't. Forgot it. Well, you know what it's time for, Jeff? Uh, I have no idea. It's time to try to advertise in what little way we can. The best way to help us out, if you want to hear more of us, go to craftbeerary.com slash Amazon. You go there, it redirects you through to the Amazon website, and uh, you just shop and 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 check out... Two more shops if you really want to. And that's all you do. And what you, the bill is exactly what it would be is if you didn't go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, except about 6%, 6.5%, instead of going to Amazon, goes to us. It's the easiest way for you to help us out. Same money you would have spent, just a little bit of it goes to us. You just have to take on the burden of going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And a hard burden it is, we know, but we know that we're with you in spirit. Thank you. Boom, 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 boom. All right, so next beer. Wicka, 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 wicka. This is tough, right? We got the the potato imperial stout. We got the American barley wine. And we got the dry hopped, maybe imperial pale ale here. I say we go with the resin. And then we jump on the other ones. 9.1 ABV? Sure, let's do that. 103 IBUs? Sure, let's do that. (laughs) Tiny little energy can. Sure, let's do. Yeah, it. I like it. It's sort of like a Red Bull like can. Yeah, I think it's still it's still twelve ounces, right? Yeah, just tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. So this is the six point resin, nine point one percent alcohol by volume, hundred three IBUs. Let's see. View the story of resin below. <laughs> there's a there's a video on it, so you can tell all about that. We'll let the people go watch the video on their own time. What do you think? Six Point did send us this beer, along with uh, the rad that we tasted last week. Established in 2004. Ooh, hello. It's definitely got resin on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's another pungent, pungent aroma on the You can beer. see where they came up with the name. It probably wasn't a stretch. I mean, yeah, I mean, from the name, you assume that this is the beer that they've dry hopped the hell out of. And, right. you know, this is their hop bursted, brightest, hoppy beer, you would assume, just from the name. Hmm. They say on their site, resin can loosely can be loosely described as a double IPA, but rarely do six-point beers adhere to any strict style demands. Well, that works. <laughs> so the suggested serving glass is a uh, straight-sided shaker pint with a dog collar around it. <laughs> Make sure you have the dog collar around it. 
No, there's a, there's a picture of glass, right? And it's typically where you would see the recommended serving glass, right? Yeah. But it, it's just a pint. It has a dog collar with a dog pendant, you know, a little dog tag around it. Not sure what that's about. No. Okay. Maybe it's it's that weird thing where, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, they're called choker necklaces, right? Okay. And when girls wear them, I, I think that they look really hot. I don't know why. <laughs> so maybe is, it's that weird thing where maybe the same sort of thing makes the glass, makes the glass hot. I don't know. I don't it's know. definitely a dog collar. But, um, yeah, I don't think a dog collar would so, come the same way. <laughs> Beer is really clear. It's a rich gold. It has a lot of head on it, and the head keeps uh, refreshing itself. And it kind of... Well, it doesn't stick so much to the side of the glass. It does it for a brief moment. There's a, there's, a, there's a good deal of malt in there, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, 9.1% double IPA, roughly. The I'm not getting... I'm getting mostly the, the resiny dank... Hop aromas, nothing too floral, nothing too fruity in the aroma. Is a, a bready hop, something close to what French bread, I think, or that's sort of hop the uh, malt is something French bread like, I believe. Greg's even con- just an Italian bread. Greg's conducting; he's waving. I'm his just, hand. I'm, yeah, I'm just doing this thing because it's. I don't know why it's helping me. That's a that's a pretty bitter beer. Um, it's hops from beginning to late, and then in the late late aftertaste, the malts come in, and then the hops come back in the late 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 aftertaste. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a boozy bitter beer. That's for sure. <laughs> the name is spot on. I think that in a weird way. The thin, the thin can mm-hmm. gives you a kind of idea of what you're getting, which is because in, in in a weird way, at least culturally, these are you're normally used for energy drinks, right? Or right, right. you're sort of getting a huge spike of caffeine uh, and something else, right? Right. So it's informing you that you're yeah. getting a, a saturated spike of hoppiness, yeah. Right. Even though it's still twelve ounces. It, it almost feels like it's a smaller shot, right? It almost feels like... look can looks like it's like an 8 ounce or mm-hmm. something like that, right? And the weird thing is, we've talked about this a bunch on the show, but all these things play into how you perceive it. All these things... They do. I mean... Psychologically play into it. In, as much as you want to try to remove yourself from yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, until we're doing beers blind right until you know we have an assistant bringing glasses of beer in through that door over there all this stuff is coloring our perception the brewery the the size of the can the color of the can you know the whether they sent us the beer or not you know we try to keep we definitely try to keep that one but you know until we do a double blind test on how well we well we regard beers you know we're not gonna know right so i like to think that we're as honest when they send it to us as we are when they don't. But I don't know if that's the case or not. We're too, we're not far enough removed from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If only we had an assistant. <laughs> if anybody would like to offer to be our assistant, that's another way you can help support the show. <laughs> It'll be one of those unpaid inter- mm-hmm. internship type mm-hmm. things. No college credit. <laughs> no. You may get some beer out of it, though. 
There's that to consider. <laughs> I like it a lot because I haven't had a bunch of IPAs lately, mm-hmm. and it's a nice, strong IPA that even though it's big and bold and mm-hmm. it, there's something about it that isn't that it, it seems a little less weirdly enough less aggressive than some other IPAs. Well, I mean, so I find myself I'm kind of salivating like it it, it it's urging me to drink yeah. more of it, you yeah. know. It's it there's like the it's feeding me addiction or something like that, right? It, that could be part of it too. I think maybe part of it is that we don't have IPAs a lot. And so when we get a a, a good one that is coming across well, we're like, mm, "Yeah, yeah, IPA, IPA." But then we're not going to be we don't want to then jump into another IPA. That's yeah, actually probably yeah. the worst thing you can do. Yeah, I mean for the for our show, it, it's it's the curse, right? We can't yeah. do an IPA show. It's just not. It, we just can't differentiate. Um, for the spear, yeah, it's great. I, I really enjoy drinking it. It's not vastly describable, right? I'm having a hard time really picking a lot of things out of it. It is almost like does one thing and one thing very well, right? It it it's this hoppy resiny IPA that is drinkable and I'm salivating right now anticipating my next sip. Yeah. But I don't have a ton of adjectives to talk about it, right? It it's just you we covered it, right? It's this resiny hop that doesn't bring much floral. It doesn't bring much fruit. It has kind of a French bread type feel to the malt. And really that's about it. I mean I'm like a little it. bit of spearmint maybe from from it, but that's that's that could be even a stretch. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it's, it it's not totally recognizable as to what kind of hops they're using. I, I actually I like your spearmint call, but it's one of these. It's, what I'm about to say is going to be one of those oxymoronic type statements, right? It's like the spearmint without the mint, right? Because you don't get that over, like, up in your sinuses no, mint yeah, thing. Yeah. But you get something that reminds you of, of spearmint, but doesn't finish with that mint burst, right? You get something that, because that, mint is, I don't know, I'm getting, no, I'm getting too technical at this point. So no, I'm going to say, no, Greg, down. Right. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like the beginning of spearmint before it yes. blows up and gets up in your sinuses, right? You know, right. So. Like the sweet part of the spearmint, but not the... Yeah, maybe that's the way to say it. Sweet slash um, herbal spicy... But not the volatile part of it. Mm -hmm. Not the part that that gets into your sinuses, like I said. So this is the resin from Six Point. And, yeah, you can can feel the alcohol entering your bloodstream (laughs) at this point of the show. And I don't think our job's going to get any easier Mm-mm. with the next ones. We kind of went from low to high. I don't know if that's always a successful strategy. Well, you don't want to go You don't want to front load on high. Well, you, you don't want to go with super saturated flavors and then taste something delicate. Yes. Right? That's, so low to high generally suits that rule. And I think tonight we did it in the right... I mean... Yeah, it's true. I would not have liked... I don't think the the Jamaica for example after would this have come one through. yeah oh my god no yeah you know what I'm gonna pause get some more water I need to rinse this resin off my palate before we go on it Sounds- just it, it's still it's just caked on there we need to clear it off.
Okay, we are back. Palate cleansed. I actually had a slice of cold pizza mm-hmm. to to wipe that off. Greg doesn't like cold pizza. Doesn't like microwave pizza. I like microwave pizza, oh. but I don't. Well, I like heated pizza. We put it that okay. way. And the microwave pizza can be iffy. But oh, I could have fired up the pizza stone and thrown. No, I just was not in the mood for pizza. <laughs> right. But cold pizza, especially now, gross. I think the barley one is next. All think? right, it's fine with me. Whatever. Whatever, man. Whatever, man. Not part hey, of your system, su- man. This show sucks. We can always just blame my daughter, right? It's a great way to <laughs> blame a six-year-old. That is a great excuse because what you know? What are they going to do? It, I tell you what. If this show does suck, punish her. <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking your iPod for a week. Why? So she picked bad beers. This is from the brewery. This is from Wirebacher. This is their blithering idiot. Thank you, Wirebucker. Blithering it is, is uh, I think they call it an English style barley. Yes, wine. they do. They 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 say it's brewed in the British tradition. They've been making this beer forever, forever. It's it's. I remember when I was first getting into craft beer, and people were talking about, you know, back when the ten percent beer was really outrageous. Like, there's this beer from this place in. Philadelphia that makes a 10% beer. It's called a barley wine. Yeah. It's blithering idiot because you'll be a blithering idiot when you drink it. You know, I mean, this is like... It's old school. Way back, yeah. This beer was bottled on May 7th, 2014. It is Best Buy um, May 7th, 2019. So they give this beer a five-year shelf life. I, I tweeted this when these beers came in from Weyerbacher, but their um, their date coding is great because they give you both in very clear yeah. numbers the bottled on date and the best buy date, and uh, it's really the best bottle coding I've seen. Uh, so we are roughly sixty two degrees with these. I'm, mine goes a little bit higher, but it's just a surface. But I'm giving it. 62 that's the temperature they're that's really that. where I want a barley that's wine that's pretty much yeah right on point for a barley wine because that's when it's really expressive but it's still cold to your tongue not not freezing but cold yeah so this beer's been out of the fridge for uh, an hour and a half hour and ten minutes yeah. yeah so it's been warming up at room temperature for an hour and ten minutes now and it's right where we want it so Ooh. okay so, okay, so wow the Warming it up has the nice thing about letting a lot of those volatiles out, letting 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 those te- letting those things come mm-hmm. to temperature so they can really come out, and you're getting a big deep aroma, you know, off of the large amount of alcohol yeah. that's coming off, and mm-hmm. it's helping yeah it's, to poke to give. I that wouldn't a lot quite of say flavor. it has a boozy aroma, but it does have a warming aroma to it, right? You get a little bit uh, of volatilization there. It's not like uh, you're smelling a spirit, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have that. Right. It's even. But it feels somewhat stronger some, than some wines. Can there's feel. some there's some spirit type yeah. character from this. It it's not barrel aged, but it reminds me. I'm getting um, kind of like black cherry. Getting, getting a lot of raisin. Okay, raisin. I'm actually getting a little bit of vanilla, cinnamon type things. Actually, earlier tonight mm-hmm. I was up at my brother in law's house, and uh, he just recently procured a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. 
That's the super expensive. It's the super one. expensive yeah. one, like one fifty or more a bottle, maybe two hundred a bottle, and uh, that's the one that uses the Lagavulin distillate to to as one of the things they blend. Uh, I've seen, we've tasted it at the Whiskey Fest, but that really it was a different experience today because it was a completely different environment. I could sit uh, my palate. This is the first piece of booze I had on my palate for the mm-hmm. day, right? And I could sit with it for twenty minutes and you know taste my small little sample of it, and. Uh, it was much more mellow than I had remembered, than I expected. It had great vanilla and cinnamon and flavors coming from it. And I'm getting some of those vanilla cinnamon flavors in aroma, coming off the aroma on this beer. Yeah, but you when you get in range of it, just your nose gets in range of it, you feel the kind of the heat. You feel the, mm-hmm. the change in atmosphere because there's much more stuff coming off of it than normal because of the amount of alcohol and because of high alcohol because volatilization is coming out of it i'm getting a something that's reminding me of chocolate covered cherries in here no it's not like milk chocolate it's not so much the chocolate it's more of the cherry in the cherry syrup that's inside of the chocolate i'm getting a, a touch of that on the aroma i'm still getting just a, a lot of a lot of raisin maybe i mean you can go into dates give me let me see Mine has a sweeter smell to it. It does. Mine smells sweeter than yours. You've done a lot of mixing today. We're going to have to figure out a way to slow, like, gently, like, tilt a bottle to, mm-hmm. to get rid of this beer sedimentation problem. We should write a scientific paper on it. I bet you we could get the Nobel Prize. Ignoble, at least. Yeah. That's plenty for me. I'd be happy with it for sure. Yeah. So yeah, now that I blended, I I lost all the great cherry fl- aromas mm-hmm. that I used to have. I'm getting a little bit more. <laughs> this damn coaster is all sticky and keeps. I keep picking it up on the bottom of the glass and dropping it. I'm gonna change over to uh, how about this green flash coaster? The good old paper ones. Yeah. Yeah, these coasters are great as long as you don't have a wet bottom. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll stay. I hate when I have a wet bottom. I really <laughs> do. Can you tell it's barley wine time? You haven't even had it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Okay, so when I pour, first poured it, I was getting a lot of, like, almost too much volatiles. And it was... Almost, it was. I think I was getting a lot of booziness at that point, and it was. I don't know what it, I was getting a bit of tobacco, and I'm not sure what else. But now I'm kind of getting a more stable signal, if you will. It 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 feels raisiny, although less so now that mm-hmm. we've mixed. Uh, Actually, see now I'm getting raisins finally. But yeah, but but so. less than th- than I was getting before. It goes into the date slash fig range mm-hmm. in terms of the the aromas that are coming. <laughs> Excuse me, that are coming off of it. <clears throat> mm. Hmm. So, lots of fig, lots of fig. The um, like yellow raisins or something like that. That kind of flavor is what I'm getting. 
Yeah, the golden raisins. I mean, yeah. if they're there, because there's an astringency there that it seems like raisins, but there's not much of a flavor. It, 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 it yeah. is leaning much towards. It almost tastes like a fig newton. <laughs> almost like a fig newton drenched in some sort of. I'm definitely getting golden raisins. You know, not the the more molassesy, but kind of the the more fruity part. The like it's a brighter part. flavor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a brighter flavor on on a dried fruit, uh, but it's still clearly raisin. There's this. There's a little bit of character which I would describe as either um, as as like a spice rum or maybe a kind of uh, fruit brandy. It's somewhere in, in mm-hmm. between. I can that. see that. I can see that. It's uh, it's very it's reminiscent. I mean, there's there's a I don't know how long they do a boil on this beer, but there's a lot of kettle caramelization, and there's this multi cinnamony thing it reminds me of a bourbon of of something that's kind of barrel uh it doesn't taste oaky it's not barrel aged like i said but there's something reminiscent of, of a barrel aged spirit like that i'm gonna go with the spiced rum at this point spiced rum with figs and and a little bit of bread <laughs> A little banana there. Do you taste that? Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see banana. banana, maybe banana chips. Mm-hmm. Butter wine is very expressive. They have a lot of different character. A lot of it comes from the yeast. So these um, these phenols, which are mostly what what we're tasting, these these phenolic characters are mm-hmm. giving us. I think the beer is at the right temperature. Yeah. I do want to note that it does feel a little. Just in your mouth, it feels yeah. a little on the warm side, yeah. but I don't think we would be tasting as much if we were drinking it exactly. in the fifties. Exactly. I don't think it, I think it would be a lot more closed up. I think this really opens it up, and it's just yeah. you know it's wide open and giving us all that it's got. So the floral stuff and the you know the kind of bright fruit taste generally comes from what we call esters, slightly different configuration than the phenolic compounds that generally give spicy, but can also give some sort of fruity things. So I think this is mostly phenols, but I don't know for sure. I'm not some, a, I mean, there is some spiciness there. Yeah, it's it's a I mean, it's an ale, right? So they're typically they give off more of the profiles. But since it's you know it's English barley wine, you would expect more estery things. And actually, as I'm drinking this, I'm starting to get a little bit of that ripe pear type flavor. You know, so you know that's a, that's a traditional ester that you would get in this kind of beer is something that's kind of like a a pear pear chip type sure. thing, dried pear. But believe it or not, the hops are actually coming through a little bit, and I'm tasting tasting a little bit of um, something that, that's kind of dragging down the esters because of uh, a, a strong hop presence. That's something that I think would fade as you age it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the. Um... So it's making it more spicy, in a sense. Yeah. It's making it less open as a fruity thing, making it a little bit more spicy because mm-hmm. of the hot presence. Right. I think that's interesting. I think that, you know, it's interesting to, to to see how that would fade over the years. I think it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. But I think if you let it age, then some of that estuary compound will come out more right. and the hops would fade. Some of the estuary and the spice almost... 
it doesn't have enough of the the fruity esters to really take this part but there's almost a nuance of like belgian quad or belgian double to it as well right because you know some like uh there's a little extra oomph in the sweetness right there's a lot yeah that is really well hit up by the by the by the phenolics but if you gave this time it would really come out as expressive and sweet as a barley wine i think right you know, and, and next I want to talk about like where it is compared to like my prototypical English barley wine, right? And and I'm enjoying this beer a lot. My prototypical one is a little more malty, right? It, it's a little less of the the fruits, right? Mm-hmm. A little less of the raisin, the, the golden raisin, yeah. and and the the pear and the banana chips, and a little more of bread pudding, right? You know, yes. it, it, this is an interesting. I mean, it's it's good. It's like, but like. If I was taking this beer and making it mine, making it like where I exactly want it to be, I would I would drag it towards bread pudding, you know that kind of thing. And this may get there if you age it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right now, the hops are a little on the strong side, but it's good. Well, we have another one. We can open that one in twenty nineteen. Yes. We'll still be doing the show as long as you keep contributing to crappyray.com slash Amazon. We're too stubborn to quit either way, really. Yeah, that's true. All right, last beer of the night. Yes, that's right. It's six beer night because Allison was feeling rambunctious. Apparently so are we. And it's Independence Day weekend, so what do you got to do? This one was just sent to us the other day by Ranger Creek. This is... Small batch number seven. Mm. Small batch number seven won a bronze medal in the World Beer Championships. This was, by the way, waxed. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a waxed cap. So this is a... Their take on a fall seasonal that uses sweet potatoes as an alternative to the norm. So it's an imperial sweet potato stout. 8% alcohol by volume. And... That's kind of all they tell about it. Yeah, Ranger Creek. Um, this beer was sent by the brewery, but they they made it. Oh, that's a lot of head. They made it on our radar because they're from Houston, Texas. Or no, I'm sorry, San Antonio, Texas. And Bill from Houston, yeah, uh, has sent us their beers in the past. This is it's a 12.7 fluid ounce bottle. That's a 375 mil bottle. It's a so it's a little bit bigger than your normal twelve ounce bottle. It's heavy glass. It's a little curvy in the neck. It's kind of a you, you would almost expect this to be corked in like you know for like a high alcohol, rare Belgian type beer. But the bottle, oh, I, like, and I, geez, I know how to pour a twelve ounce beer, but I can't it's pour a lot of head. I can't pour a twelve point seven ounce beer at all here. <laughs> at least not and split it in half. I think the head was, screw, was throwing me off. Yeah, the beer, it didn't gush or anything, but when you poured it, it really made a big head. There is a lot of proteins retaining that structure. This thing is black. It is plain old black, and it's got three and a half or four fingers worth of this big pillowy head. Mm-hmm. The aroma... It wasn't what I expected. I was expecting something more sweet potato-y, right? But the aroma is this... Um, you can get any aroma through that? <laughs> I can. Smell it. 
It's this clovey, and it's like ham cloves, you know, like ham and cloves, and a little smoky, and a little... Hmm. It changes every time I sniff it. It's it's moving around on me. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I definitely get the cloves. I think the ham is is a projection. Well, but I understand. Yeah, yeah but it's you know it's that. Yeah, it's, it's the comfort thing, right? Like most of the time, you taste cloves. It's it's on a ham with glaze and pineapple. Yeah, for me at least, that's where I grew up, right? Um, we get cloves in Indian food now all the time, so yeah, you should yeah. you should be experienced with cloves outside yeah, sure, of that. Sure. Almost like a mesquite smoke or something like that, too. Yes. Yeah. There's something pretty smoky in this. I, mean, I don't know if that's me knowing that it's Texas, but yeah, it, <laughs> it really just uh, reminds me of like kind of a mesquite smoke on it. The potatoes aren't in the aroma like I was expecting. Yeah, it smells like a smoky barbecue sauce almost. Because I could see it being put on ribs. If you, you could smell mm-hmm. ribs and they could have this mm-hmm. accent on it. Mm. Very zingy. I'm going to swirl here, try to work out some of this carbonation. Pour with a big head. I want to kind of smooth this beer out. When you hear potato stout or sweet potato stout, I think you're expecting something sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you're getting here. No. Well, you're expecting one of two things, really. You're expecting something kind of things pumpkin pie-ish, right? Or you're expecting something with a big mouthfeel and kind of starchy, right? Something along those lines. I think you're getting the latter. Okay, let me... Now that I worked out a lot of that... I mean, it, this thing was not so carbonated. And maybe that's there to scrub it off, but I just tasted this CO2 zing my first sip. So I swirled and swirled and swirled trying to calm this beer down. And it's still letting off head like nuts. This is a big full mouthfeel. That definitely does have that. But the flavors are different than what you might expect if you were looking for something sort of sweet. Because it doesn't come through as sweet. It comes through as spicy. It comes through with a lot of action in this sort of nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still clove there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you start thinking about... I don't know, it's, it's a... I was going to say, if you start thinking about, like, barbecue sauce application, right? Yeah. Like, it starts to make sense. But, like, nutmeg and clove, at least from my perspective, from what I'm accustomed to, still I could, I could see maybe someone does that, but I don't know enough about Texas barbecue to, to go there. I'm it telling just, you, you... It seems you, very interesting. You take this and you reduce it down and you put it on mm-hmm. ribs and it'll be delicious. I, I could see that. I mean... It just—it's not something I've tasted before. Yeah, you know, uh, nutmeggy, clovey barbecue sauce. But I think that this needs—it needs a protein. It needs some sort of substantiality to for it to piggyback on. Like mm-hmm. those sauces need 
the right, meat. Right. And without that, it it feels at least the first sip I took, it feels almost a little overwhelming. Like like you're 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 almost forcing yourself to have something that's a little bit too sweet. But it's not too sweet. Um, the, the it's bo- a little too spicy, yeah. but in a the weird way. The body's kind of thin on this, which is, I mean, thin, much thinner than you expected for an imperial potato stout, right? I, I disagree. To, you don't? I, I'm I not getting disagree. the body I was thinking on this I one. totally disagree with you. This is a it's a very full, very uh, even-feeling body. Give me that glass. Tasting different beers. Again. I think it's a different body. What is going on? <laughs> We're tasting two different beers. Greg's has more potato, more sweet. I can actually taste sweet potato in Greg's half of the glass. Where mine was, I was almost wondering if it was an infection or something because it was much thinner, kind of fizzy and bubbly, you know. And uh, yours tasted nice and straight, straight mm-hmm. up. Damn. Bottle strut. I even poured yours back. I poured it back and forth. Yeah, right? this because doesn't this doesn't make any sense. Why would why would this side of the room have some <laughs> sort of weird difference in that side of the room? I mean, I swirled and swirled, but that should help body. Right? So you're taking out That's the scrubbing. So weird. That's so weird. This is definitely ignoble prize worthy. There's something here. There's something going on that needs to be explored. I, you know, the easiest way to solve this is to drink twelve ounces each. But man, could you imagine that show? <laughs> Yes, I can. <laughs> I don't uh, want to. Do I it. can't imagine driving home from that show. Mm-hmm. Not on the day of, at least. All right, so we blended, we mixed our glasses back and forth, and mine has more body. Absolutely, it's more more full with the body. I don't taste as much of the sweet potatoes. I actually, I could taste what yeah, I tasted in Greg's now. glass. Tastes thinner to me. Mm-hmm. The beer I had in my glass, I think, was was better. Yeah, than it was. And mine was worse. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, but let me let me let me just take that first one out of my consciousness completely because this is generally what you would get. You'd pour a full one of this, and it would probably be more likely to taste like this. And this is fine. This is not bad. I don't think yet. Let me examine. I I would like you the the half a glass you had yeah. is where I was expecting the body. Yeah. And where I was at the beginning it was nowhere near there. And where I'm at now it's still not where I want the body to be. So Oh, it's so crazy. Why? <laughs> This bottle stratification stuff is going to drive me nuts. It's like the weird thing. How is can that ruin the show? It doesn't always happen. No. Too. I mean, if it was something that always happened, then we'd be prepared for it. But since some shows it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen at all, and sometimes it happens to one or two beers. There's so many variables. Like, do we like? flip a bottle over a couple times, but then the ones that are bottle conditioner get all muddy, right? So we don't want to do that. So should I decant into an intermediate glass and then pour into our glasses? I Maybe that's the way maybe to go? That's, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that, that's what we should do. We have plenty of pitchers back there. Yeah, yeah. It's just, Then we're going to lose carbonation. Yes. Off the, you know, so it's like... It's nuts. Who would have thought this would be the bane of our existence in 2014? Well... 
You like my hyperbole? All things considered. <laughs> <laughs> I like hyperbole. Leave me alone. Mm. Okay. So, let me go back to the beginning with this beer, because it only deserves it to at least try it again. It's it's thinner than you might expect for a potato beer. Or an imperial stout. Or an imperial stout. But I, I think that some of the principal sweetness does start to come through, especially as you drink more of it. The... The flavors are considerably on the this clovey side, on this clove slash nutmeg side. And I don't know whether that is entirely... I think that's more of a Texas thing than it is a other type of state thing. I think that, like I said, I think this... I, I totally still think you reduce this, you put this on meat, it'll be great. I think it needs some sort of, some sort of platform for it to really work well. Because as a beer itself, at least with the food that we're experiencing, having, and just with the way we're, we are used to drinking beers, it feels less substantial than than it should. And it feels like it's, it's yeah, I see what you're doing. You need a funnel with two spouts. That would just, that would just make the problem worse, I, I think. But we would get equal amounts of top, middle, and bottom of the beer. All right, we'll talk about. We'll continue that in the post show. Getting in the middle of my sorry, my brilliant dissertation on sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my brilliant idea of a funnel with two spouts, <laughs> like an espresso maker. How it has a little. Oh man, why does Jeff's brains have to overshadow mine I'm always? So, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Because I control the soundboard, mm. and I can I can mute you down a little bit like this. Help me! Help me! Oh, phew. <laughs> All right, so... I feel like this is more Texas than we're used to. That could that could make sense. Could make sense. All right, I think it's ranking time. This is a uh, six-beer show. We need to get into this, wrap it up. Let's put them all here in front of us so I can remember what we were drinking. You went first last time, that means... Good, because I need some time. I gotta go first this time. Alright, well let me just take a look at some of these and figure out where I want to put them. Huh. This is a weird one because usually number one is is jumping out right off the bat. I don't have one of those. I don't know if I have a last one either. This is this is a hard choice. Okay. I'm just going to wing it and see if it makes any sense. All right. All right. So I'm going to go from bottom to top. And I think that uh, the beer that was the one that gets in last place was probably the Mad River. I appreciated what it was trying to do, but it it felt incomplete in some sense. It felt like it was trying to... uh, It felt like it was trying to be great when it was more of an experiment. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the experiment part of it, but there needs to be more work done on using this flavor and finding how it works correctly. Because all these beers are drinkable, all these beers worked in their various ways, but that was the one that was like it just felt it felt like it, it deserved more of an incomplete than the other ones. My next one, I think, is going to be this beer that we're drinking now, the uh, 
the San Antonio, the Ranger Creek. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is is really because I think this is more of a Texas flavor than a Pittsburgh flavor. I think it, it tastes kind of it, it, it tastes exactly how they wanted it to taste. I just think that it needs some platform for it to be on. I think if if we had this with with a meal, I think it would have been gone great. I think if we had this with some like brisket or you know, if we had this when we went to Florida Cell, what was the place we went to? It was um, the place in Brooklyn, the meat place. Oh, Fedesau. Fedesau. If we had this at Fedesau, it probably would have been amazing. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like liquid barbecue sauce. It would have been beautiful. Without having anything to eat, it, and it was compared to other beers that, that weren't based sort of on a sort of platform idea. It it lost its head, but I, I I did like it. I think it would grow fantastic with a meal. Man, with the burger, it would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So my number four, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the porch rocker. I like a rattler as much as anybody does, and hopefully anybody likes a rattler too. <laughs> if you have a prejudice against those bastardized beer cocktails. I don't. Don't. I mean, I'm just saying yeah. to the listener, don't give it a yeah, try. Yeah. But I felt the other ones were more more spot on for what they were trying to do. So my fourth one was going to be the the Ophelia. I I liked. It, it was in a weird spot in terms of when it was presented, because it was the it, it was the go between between these sort of lighter beer styles and the more heavier styles and I think that may have hurt it flight may have hurt it I think otherwise you know in another flight it might have done better mm-hmm. in another flight it might have done worse I don't know but I think that the Breckenridge just you know, hit that hit that moment where it, it, it's right on the it's right on the nose of between between the different types of things we were tasting and in a way because that it it kind of gets in the middle but it still ranks pretty high I, I liked it my number two is going to be the Blithering Idiot. Let me write this down. I think that it's a beer that is really good, but man, I want to have the aged version of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would right. really, that would be everything I want out of that kind of style of beer. And it was a little, uh, a little bracing right now for what it was. Still very, very good. But uh, I want it. I want to have five years. I want to have five years age on that, and I think I'll really get everything I want out of that beer. Uh, but another beer that I don't want to age at all because I think it's right on point for what it is right now is going to be the resin. My number as my number one beer that was. Spot so they mentioned on. on the can, right? They say uh, keep refrigerated. The sales was dry hopped with fresh hops, right? I mean, yeah. this is equivalent to enjoy by, right? It's yeah. It's like don't be an idiot. Don't age this beer. Drink it as soon as you can. Yes, and I agree completely. I mean, we we argued about whether and not, we not argue. We kind of agreed that there was a psychological component to how it was presenting itself, but it works. It works very well, and so that's what I'm going to call my number one. That's going to be my rankings for tonight. All right, for me, I'm going to put the Ranger Creek in last place. And that's mostly because it was a pretty stout show. Allison, with her six-year-old beer 
Cicerone skills, uh, but picked a pretty good show. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the Ranger Creek. What what I think it shows. Don't I don't want to hurt Allison's credibility here, <laughs> but I think it shows that a random picking of beers can generally lead to a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the um, Ranger Creek. The the thin body in mine. I'm trying to. Look, I was trying to look up online here. What what can cause that? Like, because we've had beers that are gushers, you know, ones that have thin body and overcarbonation, you know, that kind of infection type thing. And I was trying to look into details on on which which little bug that is. I'm not positive this beer had that. I'm not positive it did not. Um, I, I'm leaning towards that it did have that kind of infection. It was just not overtaking the entire beer as of yet. Um, I mean, it was uh, supposed to be an imperial potato stout. It should have been body out the wazoo. And it, and it wasn't. Um, so I'm going to put him in last place. And he has some interesting things to me. It wasn't a distant last place, mm-hmm. but he had some interesting things. The clove flavor, the nutmeg, it was it was interesting. The mesquite smoke, you know, it was, it was interesting. But it was, there's a gap between him and the rest of the beers for me tonight. And then in fifth place... I'm going to put the Mad River, the Jamaica, Fleur de Jamaica Ale, the one with the hibiscus. I think, you know, Greg put him a little bit lower on the list. I'm going to put him a little bit closer to the, the its comp- competition. I enjoyed the beer. I It did lack in something noteworthy enough to stand out in a competition, right? And does that matter? I don't know. I mean, when you're at a bar looking at beers, you're list- you're taking into account what we just told you. What we care about is what's on is is what's in front of us and how we're perceiving it today. Right, right. But I'm talking. I'm putting myself in the place of the listener who's like, "Oh, Jeff and Greg, I got 250 beers in the cooler to pick from. Mm-hmm. How high do I want to rank the the floor to Jamaica?" Right. That's a lot tougher of a question than how do you yeah, rank them right, from right. You know, all these six. Right. I don't know the answer. If, to that if you re, you know, it's it's worth a try, especially for people looking for new and interesting combinations of flavors. Sure. If you're looking for a good drinker, something that's going to be satisfying while you're sitting at the bar, probably it not. feels incomplete. It does. And then in fourth place. I'm going to put the Ophelia from Breckenridge. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for weeded IPAs, and this one was was good in there. I would have probably could. I, I don't know. I hesitate whether saying you know what I wanted out of a beer. Excuse me. I hesitate to say what I wanted in a beer to improve its rankings, right? Because it's just my opinion, and my opinion is not worth crap, right? A uh, little more of the tropical fruit. Worth something. No. To me, one in several seven billion, billion right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to put overstock in. This. I would like a little more tropical fruit in that, or something along those lines, right? Sure. But uh, you know, it was good. It was enjoyable. It was a good drinker. The 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 Rattler, the Sam Adams Port Rocker, is going to be in third place. That one was most noteworthy because they brought the hops. They brought continental spicy Hallertau hops into a Rattler. Right. And that's new to me, and it worked. Like Greg said, the this is a rattler for beer drinkers. He said something like that, right? right? 
And I kind of agree. It had a little bit more of those big boy flavors, the, the bitterness, you know, a little hoppiness. Where, you know, if you think a Rattler's for the alcopop drinkers, the people that drink the wine coolers, and the you know, things like that, the Mike's Hard Lemonade, this is the Rattler for the beer drinker. If, if you're classifying it that way. I want to be clear that Six Points Rad was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that would... That one was more of a fruit juice than a beer, though. Yes, that's true. It was it was more fruit juice cocktail than it was a plain old beer. But if I had to compare the I, both, I of them, almost had Heather try that one, but she doesn't like pineapples and pineapple oh, juice. Yeah, and that one was huge in pineapple Big juice. Big time, yeah. So I didn't have Heather try it, but if she liked pineapples, I would have given that to her. And, you know, she would have been over the moon. Sure. All right, so that was the same. But it's still, it, I, but let me just you know, if you're contrary just on this show, then yeah, the the. As a Rattler, it was it was really really good Rattler and a an int- really cool Rattler for beer drinkers. And if you're also comparing Rattler versus Shandy, this one was built on a lager with a Halatau hop, so yeah. this one is really a Rattler. This is made with a German lager, yes, as opposed to an English ale. So uh, then, in number two, I'm going to put the Blithering Idiot. I, a lot of what Greg said, it was good. Now it'll be great in a few years. Um, had a lot of great, interesting flavors, though. It had that, for me, the, the Golden Raisin really stood out. Really, really stood out. That was the most noteworthy thing about the beer for me. There was that touch of Belgio quad double thing going on that gave it a neat nuance. Uh-huh. And, um, like I said, if I was tacking from that beer to my perfect English barley wine there would be more bread pudding Ooh, in sailing it. terminology yeah it would be more more bar, more bread pudding but you know i'm not gonna really knock it for that and then the uh, the resin from six point um it's kind of funny because that was the, the least descriptive beer of the night <laughs> with the least to say about describing that beer but man it just turned on my salivatory glands you know i was just gushing wanting to drink more of that right it was i was craving it i was oh it really hooked me so that resin was a very good drinker intensely bitter intensely bitter you know we've talked about how stone makes these aggressive um punch you in the face beers yeah this one punches you right in the nose too this is something that is worthy of study to me is the question of whether if we have a plain old show and we throw an ipa in there will the ipa always be always make us sort of salivate for more in a show with other stuff but then when there's a bunch of different ipas will that fog the way we look at it i don't know i i I think Depends on how good the IPA is, right? Because you can okay, imagine. Let me qualify you can, as a decent You can IPA, imagine yeah. a show with a bunch of eh, IPAs in like Dortmund or Gold. Sure. And Dortmund will win. You know, you can imagine that show. Yeah. I can imagine that show. With a beer like Resin, there's something there, something special about that beer that takes it to the next level. It is a world class beer. I mean, I, I mean, okay, let's use a big world class, right? I mean, I didn't mean to overstate that one. I meant it is... When you say a world class, I think like top 250, and that's... I mean, I don't know. It's close to top 250. It's, it's, in, it's, it's in there. It's in the yeah, running. No, it's in there. It's in top 250. 
It, it's probably in the top 250. It's in the top 500. It's not in the top 50. I don't think. It all depends on your mood, though, right? I mean, when right. you start getting down to the top 50, it's so mood-dependent, right? Because if you're in the mood for Belgians, if you're in the mood for Hoppy Beers, if you're in the mood for Stouts, it's really going to skew that really far. That number's too small. It's yes, a really you're right. You're statement. right. I would say it's not in the top 10. I think that <laughs> that's, that's clear. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. There are not many beers <laughs> under the top 10. Well, so. I think there's about yeah. 10. Yeah, so <coughs> top two fifty, you know, maybe it maybe it does fit in there. Maybe it does. You're right. It's it's a hard question, but it, it, yeah, I, I, I will not retract world class. I mean, it is up there. It's up there with the the big boys in the bureau game. I can't disagree with you. Mostly because I don't know how to rank, how, how to actually rate that. If yeah. after I said it, I was like, "Wait a minute, how, how yeah. the heck do I?" It's so mood dependent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so like, let's step back a second. Wirebacher. Why didn't I say that the Wirebacher was up there in the top two fifty or up with the big boys? If it had that more bread bread pudding, it might have been. I would have been said yeah. that. But for me, it's preference, right? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's preference. I enjoyed what the Wirebacher brought. I enjoyed what the Wirebacher brought. It just, uh, you know, it was good, but not my, my fave. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information to find out exactly what that means and how you can use the content. We got the uh, RHCP singing I Get Around. Uh, if you want to contact us, we have email, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Twitter, we are at craftbeerradio or at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Uh, Facebook's dead, right? So we don't really pay attention to that anymore. And uh, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Shop there. Oh. Oh.